0: Miss me, it's the Big Finish Podcast. Hello and welcome again. Just in case you've stumbled upon this podcast and know nothing of Big Finish, admittedly not particularly likely, Big Finish Productions are the purveyors of fine audiobooks and audio drama. Frankly, we're mostly known for Doctor Who, but also we do Blake Seven, Torchwood, Dark Shadows, The Avengers, Survivors, The Omega Factor, Sherlock Holmes, The Confessions of Dorian Gray, The Adventures of Bernice Summerfield, Carnacki, the Ghostfinder... Frankenstein, Dracula, Pathfinder, Legends. Get right in and spot what I missed out there. And you could win a random prize. As always, you can contact us at podcast at bigfinish.com. And strangely late in the proceedings, my name is Nick Briggs. Not the most exciting news you've heard all day. I'll be bound. So, coming up in this podcast... In a moment, the latest news from Big Finish. That'll be followed by some listeners' emails. And we've got some corkers! <clears throat> All of them sent, you won't be surprised to hear, to podcast at bigfinish.com. Have you made a note of that yet? Following that, our guest interview is with my old dear friend, John Ainsworth. Well, he's not old, you know. I just mean we've known each other for a long time. Uh, He's the producer and director of Pathfinder Legends and has also been contributing to Big Finish since the very beginning. Not of time, obviously. So he knows all the skeletons in my cupboard. That's quite terrifying. Coming up after that, two great regular features, a random look, at a Big Finish audio release from the past. Obviously not from the future. That'll just be weird. Uh, Something to whet your appetite, either for some listening pleasure you've missed out on or to remind you to go back and have another listen. Then it'll be time for a Sprag-tastic moment. Our late, great colleague Paul Sprague was once a truly inspiring contributor to this podcast much more inspiring than i am he could probably even say the word inspiring which i just failed to do and we're having fun revisiting your favorite moments with him please let me know your favorite moment by emailing me at you've guessed it podcast at bigfinish.com after all that there'll be just time to remind you of some of our latest releases just before i tell you what we've got lined up for next week's podcast right then Here is the news! The Avengers! Steed and Mrs. Peel are back in action, and if you missed out on the news story, which gave you a chance to listen to a clip of the upcoming box set, here's a bit of it to whet your appetite.
1: This is Reg, our star witness. I gather you heard the whole thing, Reg. Um, it's Ron, actually. Well, it says Reg on your badge. Uh, yes, I'm Ron from Reg. And I'm confused. The Railway Enthusiasts Group, Reg, us Grove Division. I see where the confusion has arisen. So, Ron, tell us about this mysterious voice of yours i don't have a mysterious voice do i i've always thought
0: it was rather matter of fact (laughs) that's the first time i've heard that (laughs) that made me laugh a lot uh yes if you want to hear the full clip you can find it at bigfinish.com in the news section or on soundcloud yes that thing (laughs) Due to popular demand, we'll be releasing limited edition vinyl editions, the word edition appearing uh, as a special guest star on this podcast, of big Finnish classics, The ti- the, ch- the Chimes of Midnight, Hello, and Spare Parts. That's The Chimes of Midnight and Spare Parts. Hello was just me going slightly mad. Uh, you've never heard of them? Here's the trailer for Chimes... Charlie, where
1: are we? I don't know, Doctor. It's too dark. You were supposed to be getting me to Singapore, you know. 1930, remember?
2: An Edwardian Christmas. How lovely.
1: Hmm. I never much liked plum pudding. Cook always used to make far too much of it. And we were still picking our way through it by New Year.
2: Oh, I love a bit of plum pudding, though.
1: Charlie, there'll be a death here soon. Edith. What are you saying? Who's dead? I can make you warmer than that fire ever could. Can't you just leave it, I said. I only wanted a kiss. Always been your favourite, ever since you were a little girl. It certainly has. You'll make me plum pudding forever, won't you? Even when I'm grown up. (laughs) There'll be another murder soon, and everyone will forget me. Don't you forget me,
0: Charlie.
2: Mr. Shaughnessy, you're pointing a gun at us. Yes, sir. That's not a very nice way for a well-bred butler to behave, is it? You are not to go upstairs. It is not our place. We only go upstairs when we are summoned.
1: Please, don't leave me here on my own. Doctor? Doctor, where are you?
2: Of course, it's not proof. I mean, I suppose I could be lying when I said I didn't kill
0: her.
1: Oh, yes. Yes. As, of course, could I.
0: Stand to reason. Once you've committed murder, a bit of fibbing is hardly going to bother your conscience, is it?
2: It's mocking us. Whatever this force is, it's mocking us.
0: Hey, there you go, The Chimes of Midnight uh, by Robert Shearman. And um, as if by magic and, frankly, a bit of editing, here's the trailer for spare parts. It's taken six years' training, but the sky's the limit today as mankind sets out on its mission to see the stars. This area is restricted to civilians. Why? What aren't we supposed to see? I saw your friend. Seemed like an amiable chap. The doctor? At Dodds.
1: What were you doing there? Uh... What's happening? Oh,
0: power cut. Just when I got the lights open. Sounds like your society's in its death throes. Not the end of the world. You could be right. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe Mondas doesn't have a future after all. Emergency
1: generators! Get the backup generators running! Keep
0: moving. It's
1: too dark to see. No one leaves. No one! Doctor Manhattan, you are... Duties. how dare you Zheng! all this is my work i created you and i
2: am superior to you be proud while you still have the capacity that
0: travesty that was once a human being is part of it i don't know how long it'll take i'm not even sure i want to stop it but i can give you a wake-up call cool you not need to change things and stop this horror once and for all clear these streets return to your homes there is nothing to see brilliant work there by mark platt and a oh, great cast oh, i'm doing a bit of cyberman in that as well just so i'd uh, give myself a bit of, shall i shut up okay uh, <laughs> both vinyl editions include specially commissioned documentary material as you'll see from the full news story on the website the bigfinish.com there's also brand new cover artwork brilliant stuff by uh, tom webster did you hear that sheridan smith was returning to big finish yes lucy miller will be back in the curse of the fugue a short trips release canny producer Ian Atkins managed to pull off a coup of locating and trapping this madly busy actress with his very own space-time scoop. There's a clip of it on SoundCloud as well, actually.
1: It's your boyfriend, Lucy. Quite posh, isn't he? Said a smiley young man, holding out the phone. Lucy wiped her hands on her apron, took the heavy receiver and lifted it to her ear. Oh, ignore Matt, he's only assistant manager, she said digging him in the ribs as he departed. So, where in the universe have you been for two weeks, she demanded. I'm endeavouring to give you an authentic experience of the infamous three-day week.
0: Isn't it wonderful to hear Sheridan Smith again? Absolutely brilliant. And all of us at Big Finish are sending our very, very best to Sheridan, whose dad has been diagnosed with cancer recently. You may have seen that very sad story in the newspapers. Our thoughts are with you, Sheridan. And now, time for some listeners' emails. This one is from Mike Gibbons from Melbourne, Australia. Hi, Nick, David, and all at the BF bunker. (laughs) Yes, we're under fire and hiding. Uh, Enjoy so much of what you do. Seem to listen... To more audio than watch tv these days and been following big finish since 99 that's 1899 obviously uh particularly love the recreations continuations of other cult shows from the 60s and 70s like the avengers survivors blake 7 the prisoner yay in brackets he puts that's not me and omega factor which as a child haunted me shouldn't have been watching it i thought it was a spin-off of doctor who with leela on an undercover mission for the time It's <laughs> brilliant. Um, I'm a big nostalgia buff and wondered if ever the missing Doomwatch episodes might be on the cards for a series. I was reading the script book which is available and it seemed like another project you could cover. Keep up the wonderful work, especially looking forward to the next series of The Prisoner, brilliantly realised. Oh, thank you. Mike, I hadn't actually read that little bit about the prison. It just sounds like I'm bigging myself up. Yes, the thing about Doomwatch, we'd love to do it, so um, just imagine. This next one's from Daniel Whitaker. Hello, Nick, and everyone listening. I love the podcast and listen to it when I'm working on my articles for GallifreyArchive.com. Oh, yes, they've got good reviews on there. Uh, I was just wondering if there are, there's any plans to have a series called just imagine which would feature the doctors monologuing their innermost thoughts and have you in fact been teasing it to us for years <laughs> uh, very good daniel yes uh, just imagine as you may well know is what i say when i haven't really got a proper answer Um, It comes from, you may have heard this story or not, fast forward if you have, when I wrote to Russell T. Davis years and years ago when uh, he was uh, executive producer of Doctor Who very early days and I I sent him an email saying, hey, why don't we do a TV series of Dalek Empire? And uh, his reply was, um, just imagine. (laughs) Which is just the most brilliant way, isn't it, of uh, being very positive about something but kind of hinting that it would never happen. Um, I don't mean that about Doomwatch. I really would like Doomwatch to happen. Going back to that. Anyway, uh next email is from Jenny. She just says, Jenny, could it be Jenny Fletcher from our podcast from Big Finish Day the other month? Jenny was very um informative about Big Finish and, and gave us her views on various stories and, and bigged them up. A particularly bit of Dalek Empire, I seem to remember. Anyway, and and she had a very interesting way of saying her name. Jenny Fletcher? Anyway, I don't know whether this is you or not, Jenny Fletcher. Maybe it's just Jenny someone else, and that's no problem for me. Hi, Nick. My question for the podcast is, if you could be in any scene of classic Doctor Who, which scene would you choose, and which character would you most like to play? What are your reasons for choosing that particular character and scene? thanks jenny possibly fletcher um or not or smith or brown um goodness me jenny i should have rehearsed an answer to this goodness there are loads aren't there well in a fantasy world i'd love to have played roger delgado's master i'd love to have been roger delgado as the that that's just a weird thing to say um and and the scene the scene that always leaps out doesn't it from classic Doctor Who is the the Doctor the fourth Doctor and Davros you know and the whole if I yeah I don't know I was still oh now I'm getting confused with the scene by the by the you know when he's just going to touch these two strands together and blow up the Daleks but the big scene where he and the Doctor that Davros and the Doctor have that sort of moral debate that's rather good isn't it Strangely, I'd also like to have been in Seeds of Death, you know, and played that uh, really nasty Ice Warrior and that. Maybe maybe even the the guy, Fushum, who was, who was going to be killed. Yeah, that's all I can think of. Or maybe just be a Silurian coming through a burn hole in the wall. You know, waving my head and the music going... Those are the most useless answers I've ever given to any question. I think it's about time we departed from listeners' emails. Please... Send your emails into podcast at bigfinish.com. I'll try and remember the email address. And um, I promise better answers than those. Time now for us to go to our, our guest interview with John Ainsworth. right now um normally when i do these link-ups with people it's via skype but this time we're using a good old-fashioned telephone and i'm speaking to john ainsworth hello john hello nick <laughs> john you're here speaking to us because uh, you're the producer and director of pathfinder legends that's
2: right i am indeed <laughs>
0: And also you've been a long-term contributor to Big Finish since the very beginning.
2: Yes, the very beginning. Lots of titles, lots of different series. I've, I've yeah, had my fingers in many pies. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I don't know why that made me laugh. There's something wrong with me. Um, OK, there are probably quite a few people listening who don't know anything about Pathfinder Legends. So could you explain what it is and then about the audios as well?
2: Yeah, sure. Well, Pathfinder uh, is... A role-playing game, basically. Um, A lot of people will be familiar with Dungeons and Dragons and Pathfinder is very similar to that in that it's a a fantasy setting, very like Lord of the Rings, sort of goblins and orcs and giants uh, and uh, wizards and dwarves going on adventures, um, finding treasure and solving mysteries and saving damsels in distress, basically. Uh, So that's what the game is and and as a role-playing game People take those roles uh, in the games, the playing the characters. So what we've done with the audios uh, is taken some of the the game, uh, the, what they call adventure paths, um, which are intended to be games, but we've taken them and adapted them uh, as audio dramas. So basically you're listening to a sort of dramatisation of a game that you could actually play uh, yourself. So a, a game is quite a
0: different thing to... Um the narrative in a storyline or in a script, isn't it?
2: Yes, and by the nature of a role-playing game, the, the storyline is very open-ended. Um, I mean, obviously, you are sort of guiding them, guiding your characters through a path, but there's various options that you can take uh, and, and various outcomes. I mean, it is possible in the game that all the heroes could get killed before the end of the story, effectively. So, obviously, we want to make sure that doesn't happen in our <laughs> audios, or the, otherwise no, they'd, be, they'd be very short. You know. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, we just take the basic the basic story outline uh, and some of the characters and, and monsters from the story and we just reconstruct it uh, as fairly accurately as we can to the story. But like a, it, it's very much like a, adapting a, a novel into a film. Um, novels tend to be a lot longer than you actually could fit into two hours of film time. So you have to condense um, you know, and not actually feature necessarily all of the characters as well. So they are—they uh, have the spirit of the story, but they're not an ab- absolutely slavish adaptation of, w- of what's actually in the adventure. Perhaps
0: I should perhaps have explained by the by that uh, the reason that you're sounding so clear is that you're recording at your end of the phone, and I'm recording at mine and uh, at my end, and hopefully it'll be edited together to sound almost like we're in the same room seamless yes (laughs) i just thought i'd give that secret away um going back to pathfinder legends which is what we're supposed to be talking about um i think you know that it sort of came about because jason and i were at a convention called gen con in indianapolis yes a few years ago and we saw the paizo pathfinder um stand and i said to jason go over and have a chat to them i bet we could do some great audio plays based on that and then he managed to jason hegelry our you know, boss managed to sort out a deal with paizo the company who who owned this and then how soon did you come to it after that
2: i think it was a little while i'm I'm not totally sure um because certainly you you and jason both told me what you've just told the listeners, uh, um, but I wasn't quite sure of the actual time gap, um, and we did have quite a bit of development time um, in that we were talking to Paiser about how we would do it. Um, there was some consideration of doing totally original stories, um, and uh, I think it was actually me who suggested that it might be good to use the adventure paths because uh, because th- that we we knew on sort of. Safe ground that these were like some good, solid, proper, um, pathfinder adventures, if you like. Yeah. Um, and I think actually, what has what has proved popular is that um, people who've played the game have enjoyed listening to the audios, and the other way around as well. You know, people, have, some people have come to listen to the audios, and that's actually infused them enough to go and find out those particular adventure, adventure paths and, and play it themselves as well, which I'm is, right. which, is which is quite nice.
0: yeah But of course, I, I'm. I'm guessing from what I've heard of the the finished products that also you you don't have to be interested in the games or have a desire to play the games. You can just
2: listen to them as audio drama. Yes, I was wanted to say that really as well. I mean, mean, we absolutely want them to work as audio adventures in their own right. So you need never have heard of the game. Uh, And indeed, I've certainly seen, you know, stuff on forums and emails that have been sent from people who have just come to them as audios. You know, people who perhaps listen to our Doctor Who's. Uh, and other releases and thought they'll try these and uh, they seem to really, really like them. I mean, it's the, uh, they've got the big finish feel, I hope, in that they're, yeah. you know, they're quite cinematic and uh, it's funny, I was just listening to the sound design yesterday for episode six of the second series and my, one of my notes to the, the sound design was, I said, this sounds very Indiana Jones and I meant that in a, you know, a completely good way in that it's yeah. very exciting and epic and, yeah. You know, um some great music, so you can really, really picture it. I think you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very pleased with it.
0: What do you think are the elements that make a great Pathfinder story?
2: Oh, well, um, it's well, probably the elements that make any good action adventure story, and that there needs to be plenty of action and adventure, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but I think actually what brings it to life is the main characters, and we have four regular characters, uh, which are, is. Um, Eswin who's the wizard. I must make further study to provide the pathfinders with a detailed report of its abilities. Uh, Hask who's the the dwarf. No!
1: Hask! No! I wore that thing remember. It ain't right and it ain't coming out of my pack,
2: got it? valos is the fire t- fighter.
1: What were you aiming!
2: <laughs> and Mauricio is uh, the, the elf who's a thief, basically.
1: Val, get down! And
2: because you've got four regular characters, which is quite a lot for audio, um, that, but that does give you the opportunity of quite a lot of interaction. And as the series has gone, gone by, you know, their relationships have become more detailed and more intricate and... You know, one of them suspicious of the other, and uh, that sort. Of, and I think it's that sort of you know, that sort of enriches the story. You know, you, it isn't just about hacking away with swords at monsters uh, and, and shouting, although there's plenty of that. But because you've got sort of real, sort of real characters there taking part in it, it, it just makes it come alive a bit more, be a bit more realistic. I think in that sense. We're talking
0: about um, characters and, and it all coming alive. How did you go about the casting of these characters?
2: Um, well, at the beginning, uh, and I'm not sure this is something we actually necessarily followed through on, but I think there was some suggestion that the actors selected should in some way look like the characters that they're going to play, um, which sounds a bit odd for Audier, but I think the thinking was that possibly making appearances at conventions and things. So I had that at the back of my mind, but I mean, it wasn't necessarily... the the most important thing but it did sort of come true in the end and I ended up casting um, four actors who I'd all worked with before which I think was quite important for for regular roles you, you know obviously needed some people that you could absolutely rely on and you just get on with in the studio and, and would make a good team um, which is what we did and, and, and some of that I mean some of them were sort of just automatic casting on my head I mean Trevor Little Dale who plays Eswin, uh, he immediately sounds like a sort of Gandalf type character he's got that sort of yeah. slightly older voice but quite authoritative uh, and interestingly he's actually his character Eswin has almost by accident ended up becoming the leader of the group in many ways which certainly wasn't dictated in the adventure Pass or anything like that and wasn't really intentional it's just sort of Evolved that way, which is quite nice. and Because
0: he's got a sort of wisdom. Do you think?
2: Yes, and he's he is literally sort of wise, and, and he's a sort of sensible one. And and actually, sometimes it's his, uh, you know, he's sort of driving the story in the sense it's his his passion to do something or find something out. He's he's very much got this thirst for knowledge, and sometimes. use that to an extent that it puts the others in danger and that causes a bit of friction which is quite interesting you know from a drama point of view
0: sorry i was going to mention another member of the cast you've got ian brooker
2: yes i remember i first
0: employed on a um an eighth doctor story called embrace the darkness that i I wrote and directed and he's done many big finishes hasn't he
2: yes he did he did a lot of dalek empire which i think is where i met him when we were working on that together and i sort of obviously must have been very impressed with him at the time and you know i i've cast him in many big finnish productions since then and uh um so yes i've cast him as, as the dwarf um and not that he's very short particularly <laughs> but he, do, he does occasionally have a beard which is quite good um uh but he's got that nice or can put on that nice sort of gruffness um yeah which, which is obviously very appropriate for, for, for the dwarf um uh yeah and he often clashes with uh, Trevor's Esmond character, which he has some nice fiction about it. Um, and then Kerry, who plays Mauricio, she, uh, again, I've done quite a few productions with her in the past, uh, Kerry Skinner, and she, she does look quite elf. She's got long blonde hair, you know, if she had pointy ears, she would look like an elf. You well, know? <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't we all? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Uh, and she's got a lovely vocal quality to it uh, and then Stuart Alexander who plays vaos now he's actually Canadian um, and again that was something because Paizer who owned the Pathfinder um, game they are American based and I think they were initially quite keen to have um, American actors in it um, and Stuart has played a lot of American characters not just for us but you know in, in films and other productions uh, yeah, so in
0: Doctor Who in fact on the television he was in Doctor Who on the television yes, one with you Dalek. yes that's yeah. right yes
2: yes he was up the, up the New York uh, um, pylon wasn't he sort of yeah that's right yeah. strapping bits Empire of Empire State Building yes yeah, yeah. so that's right yes the New York pylon what I'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> Empire State <laughs> Building pylon that's what I'm about. yes <laughs> so yeah yes uh, um, so yes he's our sort of a main American voice in it really um, and they make a great team together you know and uh and we've done what well, we've done 12 productions now and they've definitely sort of evolved and sort of gelled as actors together and you know they know what they're doing really which is lovely you know I just get them into studio they know what to do and we just get on with it really and and some lovely stuff comes out of it you know you can really sort of push them to do, try things out and go a little bit further with things.
0: And I presume there are other characters come into it?
2: Of course yes yes there's uh, lots of incidental characters coming in we play various... I mean, the second series, which uh, we've just finished recording, was set in a sort of fantasy Egypt, so we've had a lot of uh, pharaohs, um, mum, mum, mummies of various descriptions, um, mummified mummy, mummy dogs, mummified uh, cats... <laughs> <laughs> All that come to life and want to kill you, basically. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Does this uh, present a sort of casting uh, challenges?
2: <laughs> well, I must. Admit, I've done a lot of growling myself for monsters, for non-speaking <laughs> monsters. I'm, I'm, I'm often the growling in the background. I remember doing a, l- a lot of giants in the second, in the first series. We had a lot of stone giants and frost giants. Um, and it was trying to find ways of growling differently for each of them. But, uh, yes.
0: <laughs> um, are there any good stepping-on points for people who've not heard it before? I mean, presumably, there's the first parts they could start with, I suppose. Yes,
2: we, I mean, we've done two series so far and the idea is that they are very much self-contained. I mean, in the second series, there are minor references to the events of the first series, but certainly nothing that makes any uh, difference in terms of the development of the story. Um yes you could listen to them independently and it would be absolutely fine but they they are you know they do progress so i i think you do have to really start at the beginning of each series because they do sort of build to a big climax and you know the resolution of all the the mysteries etc so yeah start with episode one of either series i would say
0: and what uh, what's out that what's the latest release now
2: number three is out at the moment Shifting Sands uh, which is number, uh, episode three of the second series so yes there's three more to come of that
0: and uh, do you know what's in store for the future for Pathfinder Legends
2: well there will be a third series but that's all we can say at the moment really we, we, we uh, can't announce the title or when yet um, but we will do soon that's all I can say I'm afraid
0: <laughs> very exciting I suppose we ought to have a, a listen to the trailer for the latest one
2: yes absolutely
1: wow This is amazing.
2: Look at it all.
1: I've never seen so many books. There must be tens of thousands. Welcome to the Great Library. Can I be of assistance? We're searching for information about a pharaoh known as Hakotep. That's better. Come and lie beside me. I'd rather sit here, if you don't mind. No, I insist. Yes, that's it. Make yourself comfortable. Kabek Shoe! Akita, you have found them? On the ferry, heading towards the city of the Reed people. I'll send word to Jamira. We have them. Today, we'll go down in history. The greatest chariot race in Osirion. The first to cross the finishing line will win a prize and, if they are worthy, a special gift.
2: I wonder who she's talking about. Shut your
1: face. Yes, don't. Marisol, get off me. I'm not going to let you do this. You won't have a choice. No, don't. And
0: there it was. <laughs> <laughs> um... So, John, uh, before I let you go away, uh, I just wanted to talk to you about some of your other Big Finish work in the past. I mean, um, can you think of any particular highlights and fond memories?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think doing the first Klein trilogy was a particular highlight. Uh Um, I mean, I can't, I wasn't involved in the very, very first Klein uh, story, which was uh, very early on. Um, which was called its, um, but that was so set up that uh, the character could come back, and I, I think I must have been badgering you and Gary and various other people to sort of bring back klein and um, so eventually when uh, when I was invited to sort of co produce and script edit uh, these three Sylvester McCoy stories, I immediately said let 's do Klein and, uh, and it, I think it developed into something quite exciting really and um, yeah. and, and obviously, Klein has gone on since then. Uh, to have more adventures, which is great. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very pleased with those three productions and um, particularly the final one, which was, um, uh, I think, a very strong conclusion to the, to, to the, the series.
0: What was that one called? Oh, I think it was
2: called The Architects of History by Steve mm-hmm. Lyons. And Steve Lyons was the guy who, who wrote Klein in the first place for Colditz. so he, he was involved in that trilogy and, and came back to write the third one.
0: We should uh, listen to the
2: trailer for that. Don't yes, I it's a very good one. <laughs>
0: Announcement.
1: This installation is now on full alert. One operational personnel are to report to emergency
0: positions.
1: You should have told me about this, Tendexter. Why didn't I know about this?
0: Well, you think I'd get something like this from you? Six unidentified craft within striking distance of Earth? This is exactly the sort of thing your department exists to prevent. (sighs) We'll never get across the ramp. There are too many people.
1: Of course there are. That's why no-one will stop to question us. Come on, Sam, we can't
2: do this! Bad luck,
1: citizen. Cooper, wasn't it? you found the one man who does wish to ask you and your comrade here a few
0: questions. I am General Lightnant Adolf Tendexter, representing the Terran Galactic Reich. Your ships have violated our space, and I insist... I do not care about your name or your rank. You are nothing but plankton to be ground beneath the heel of the Salation Empire. Your primitive ships are no match
1: for our Warcraft. You have 10 minutes to surrender, or else we will destroy you. What about us? What happens to us if you alter the past? Do we just just cease to exist? How will that happen? What will it feel like? I don't know, and I care less. But think of it this way. Perhaps I will reach the future to learn that you dealt with this incident all by yourself, that my assistance was not required. Somehow though I doubt it. HUMAN Plankton! You will pay for your assault upon a Salatian trooper!
0: You're back then. Yes, Doctor. I'm back. Yes, and as you say, Klein came back and was in Unit Dominion and she did a a trilogy, another trilogy in the main range as well, so. Yeah, we love working with Tracy Childs, and it's such a fantastic character. The other thing, of course, you worked on was the second series of uh, Sarah Jane Smith.
2: I did, yes, that's right. That was, yes, that was a brilliant experience. And I would say that was a highlight as well, actually, because working with Liz Sladen was just brilliant, really, you know. And uh, and she wanted to be so involved, which was great, you know. And so we spent ages on the phone just talking about scripts and ideas and... um, you know, which was lovely, really, for, you know, her to care. And, you know, and it, and it wasn't at all, you know, a star meddling in something. It was that, you know, she wanted it to be really good. And, you know, it was a real sense of collaboration about it, um, which was great, really. You know, so... Um, she was so passionate about the character, wasn't she? Yeah, passionate about the character and cared very much about the audience. Um, I mean, I've said, I have said this before, but, you know, I think... Uh, uh, Initially, I wanted to take it in quite a, a different direction which uh, with hindsight was wrong, you know I think I was just perhaps a bit too keen to sort of take it beyond Doctor Who but I think Liz very much had her eye on the audience and sort of in a very nice way said no we can't do that and, you know, and she was absolutely right you know and sort of brought me back to reality a little bit and um, <laughs> and then we set off again and I think got it right really, so yeah, that was, that was a lovely one to do.
0: Brilliant, I, I came in and uh, acted in one of those. You
2: did yes, in Snowbound, wasn't it? Yes, that's right That's mm. right, well I had to do all that sir. it's just you and me now, Sarah. <laughs> that was great
0: <laughs> <laughs> That was a total nut in yeah. that case so fantastic to spend time with her
2: in the studio Oh yeah, actually. yeah, and she was great of course you know, she just, amazing, she could just sort of turn it on and immediately be Sarah yeah. so at full throttle, which was brilliant. So <laughs> she
0: was great. Yeah. I always remember she, um, I don't know how, whether people know that she was really quite small, wasn't she? Oh, yeah, she was quite sort of. Because uh, I always used, totally. when I said hello to her and gave her a hug, I always used to pick her up and swing her around. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, I'm sure that wasn't too difficult to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It sort of
0: happened almost without me thinking, you know. Oh, no, lovely, lovely. No, so
2: you. obviously, um, you know, and especially she, now she's no longer with us, I sort of feel very. Like privileged to have, you know, not just known her, but work with her, really. which yeah. is Because I've always thought she was, you know, a brilliant actress, and I wish she'd done more than we we know her for, if you, if you see what I mean. You know, yeah, yes. Gone on to other other things, really. But, you know, she had other things in her life as well, so, yeah. Indeed. Yes. Um, another thing I've done, which might be worth mentioning, um, which I think is quite topical, is, of course, I did the first Doctor Who Unbound series.
0: Oh, yes.
2: And I gather David Warner is about to come back as the Unbound Doctor again with, um, with Benny
0: that's right yes he is um, yes.
2: which is nice right? i mean i only learned that by seeing it on the big finish website and i thought oh right that's good that's still sort of carries on down ex-
0: <laughs> extremely well i think it was james goss you know the producer of the Benny's, his idea right yeah. and i thought it was a bit outrageous but i i said well as long <laughs> as you can come up with a convincing explanation as to why it's happened yes and then he sent me the scripts and i thought oh yeah they deal with it very quickly and very efficiently it's beautifully done oh no, good right
2: good well, yes, I mean, his, his Doctor was always popular. I mean, I think probably uh, Sympathy for the Devil, which was the second of the original Unbounds, that was hugely popular at the time. I think it came top of the Doctor Who magazine poll for that year, or, or certainly was in the top ten. Yeah, so, yeah,
0: I recall it was extremely popular. Yeah, he's he always gone right. down
2: well. And, of course, then, uh, there was the, the sequel uh, later on with um, Davos and the Daleks so this is his third adventure, I think, yeah. Yes,
0: the Unbound stuff was very popular, wasn't it? I, I, I do think, I don't know, this is controversial. Um, I don't know whether you would agree with this, but I felt that what you and I were trying to achieve with it was not actually what the audience liked it for.
2: No, no, it was interesting how people kept, did quite want to sort of almost absorb it into the actual real uh, Doctor Who canon. Um, yes, I mean the most controversial one was um, full seven, <laughs> full five, 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 five. Yes, someone's just mouthed it. <laughs> full seven five, five. That must have been Joe. I bet Joe. Knows. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, <laughs> full seven five, five. Yeah, I, I think in some ways that was actually the one that came closest to what I think we were trying to achieve, or it certainly yeah. was in my Because mind. there, the Doctor was ruthless in the pursuit of his goals. Wasn't yes, that? exactly, and it was, and, and at the time caused a lot of. Uh, people were very annoyed about it actually just thought you know you just can't do that and and I, I did sort of keep saying, well, it is Doctor Who and Bound, that's the point. You know, we're meant to be doing things that you can't do in normal Doctor Who. Welcome
0: to the Deep Sea Energy Exploration Project, General Flint. You won't regret coming here. I hope not, Professor Walmer. So, this is the D-E-E-P that eats so much of my R&D budget, eh? That whole area of the seabed will still be contaminated by
1: radiation, even after
0: nearly 30 years. If it's so dangerous,
1: why are you going? I'm going for you, the I shared my hopes
0: and fears with you. Things I couldn't tell anyone else. And this is how you repay me. With betrayal, going behind my back, diverting money from my funding for this this
1: freak show. Oh my God, it's a baby! What is this place? It's a horror show, an exhibition of atrocities, all in the name of science. Oh, you're not going to the seabed in that rust bucket, are you? Hey, my Neptune is the fastest commercial minisub on this coast. The Neptune? <laughs> How original.
0: Wouldn't the Titanic be more appropriate?
1: Uh, have you ever uh, thought of taking up smuggling, Doctor? If
0: I told you, I'd have to kill. Who the hell are you? Smith. Dr. John Smith. But everyone just calls me the Doctor. I've
2: come to save the day. I think in many ways that's the one I was most pleased with but they were also different which was nice and you know and I'm glad people did that but I, I actually almost think they're sort of so popular because we did so few of them actually I, I, I'm yes. quite pleased we didn't go on to just especially since you're casting the Doctor in each one again and I thought well, you know the novelty of that will sort of wear off mm-hmm. And and this was around the time I think by the time we were doing Storm of Angels which was the the jeffrey Belden doctor sequel i think christopher eccleston had just been announced as the doctor on uh, you know coming back on television yeah and and also we'd had the richard e grant doctor in the animated and i think you know there's a lot of new doctors out there so i thought it's perhaps good not to carry on with this too much i'm just doing it once you know like you know like we did with storm of angels and the and then uh the david warner one and now again many years later so i think it's quite a nice way to do it actually and keep it fresh and make it more special in a way so yes yeah
0: yeah i think you're right Mm. i think there was one point and i can't honestly really remember when it was when the bbc said to us please don't do any more doctor who unbound or any new unbound doctors
2: yes i think they said it was all right to use the ones we'd already got wasn't it i think yes yeah and I i think that's how
0: i think it was when they were at some point when the doctor was being recast and i think they were a bit worried that we might accidentally cast the same person yes
2: well bizarrely i remember for full Fathom five christopher Eccleston's name came up at that point yeah this is obviously long before uh, well even if even if probably even russell T davis hadn't even thought about it then i don't know um but yes, I don't think we, we didn't even uh, take it any further than that, so, (laughs) which is quite ironic really, isn't it? Interesting,
0: (laughs) yes, it'd be funny to go back and find out all the names that we had
2: sort of toyed with. Oh, there was a long list, wasn't there, for all of them, (laughs)
0: yes. (laughs) Incredible. Right, now then, that's Big Finish, um, and we know what you're in, but normally i ask people what's tingling their molecules at the moment <laughs> in big finish
2: what right. they're working
0: on but i presume it's Pathfinder legends
2: yes it is i mean i'm literally doing overseeing the uh, post production on the final one of the second series and in pre production on the third series with the the top secret third series so um yes that's what i'm doing at the moment really um well also i like to ask and I I think I use the word tingling
0: I've been saying agitating so I don't know whether it's agitating or tingling your molecules just generally in entertainment terms like something on television or a book or whatever that that is particularly um oh gosh bringing joy into your life or some kind of enjoyment anyway
2: well that's an interesting one I did recently it's not exactly Cohen but something I saw very recently and enjoyed very much is a a mini-series called Wayward Pines, which you might be interested in if you haven't heard. Have you you heard of it?
0: I I really want to see this.
2: Where's it available? Well, I got it on my little... I got a, a, a box for Now TV, and uh-huh. so I guess you can get it on things like Netflix or Sky. Uh, yeah, I, I it's guess. not
0: on Netflix yet. I would have noticed that. And I think it
2: may have gone off my box now, because they're only there for a period of time. But you'd like it, because it starts off very much like The Prisoner. In ba- yes. In that, yeah. a, in that a, a man who's played by Matt Dillon, it's very good, um, wakes up in this village in America, and doesn't know how he got there, and it's all a bit odd, and he's not allowed to leave. So you think, oh, yes, yes, the prisoner. He does actually go in a very different direction than the prisoner. Um, but, and what's nice about it, it's 10 episodes, and you do get a complete explanation for the mystery, and it's a satisfying one. And oh, if, nothing like the, the prisoner. <laughs> no, then. no, that's it. You don't get to the end. It's not all, there's nothing ambiguous about it. And in fact, the explanation comes halfway through the series, and then the rest of the series is about, right, what do we do now? Mm. Uh, you know how do we resolve this but it's really i bet i, really I can good. get it on itunes oh um, yes you probably can actually yeah yeah yes but i it was one of those ones where i thought i couldn't stop but practically watched the whole thing in one go you know because uh i just thought well, i need to know what happens next oh
0: you know? you've inspired me <laughs> it's, it's rather pitiful uh in the first interview i did in these new podcasts i asked david richardson what was uh agitating his molecules and he said uh, jessica jones which I, i've been watching as well right on netflix um which is you know got david tennant in as a very very nasty villain um and then he said well wh- what is it what's agitating your molecules and I, <laughs> I had to say it was the sweeney oh really right Okay. <laughs> i've been watching that anyway <laughs> uh, but yes no i'm inspired by wayward pines yes it is so much like the prisoner in its initial setup that even six of one uh the prisoner fan club have been reporting about it oh, really? in their newsletter i think they put in a, a special leaflet because i'm a member you know
2: <laughs> right of course honorary yeah. member i hope yeah
0: <laughs> no well I, uh, no they've given it a nice review my uh, version of the prisoner so uh, anyway right. have you heard it yet by the way
2: i'm afraid i haven't no but i am intrigued well, i tell you because i i read through all the um the notes and the, the CD booklet, and, which is all very nice, you know, because I was proofing it, basically. Yes, uh, of p- course. Part of my ju- other big finish duties is proofing all the... Uh, I shouldn't be telling this to people in case they find any mistakes and they can blame me, basically. <laughs> well, you're not the only person. <laughs> no, no, this so is you true. You can always blame the mistakes <laughs> on other people. <laughs> so I get to read stuff uh, 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 that I don't know anything about, actually, sometimes. You know, all I know is coming up. So I got to read all the lovely writer's notes and that you would written and uh, everything about the prisoner. And I, I must admit, reading it, I just thought, of oh, this... Uh, this sounds really good and and you wrote so sort of passionately about it and um and it's a fairly i think it's quite a unique approach to something for big finish isn't it in that you're sort of reinventing some of the tv episodes that's right isn't it yeah yeah yes, which i don't think we've ever done anything like that before for big finish really have we no
0: that only occurred to me afterwards really it just seemed the obvious thing to do i mean i am writing some original ones as well yeah but, yeah
2: so but mixing them in so yes i must admit i was i haven't listened to it but it, i definitely would like to yes very. very well intrigued. obviously
0: we'll set up an entire interview to get your verdict at some <laughs> point to make sure i have
2: what, listened to it all of it yeah,
0: yes yeah. And, you, and i say what did you think and you say rubbish and then that's the end of the interview
2: <laughs> yes that won't get broad- broadcast will it?
0: <laughs> i don't know for the sake of balance maybe it should <laughs> right well john thank you very much
2: Good, thank you.
0: Your mission now is to press stop and send me the file so that I can edit the two bits together and hopefully we'll sound like we're having a conversation.
2: I'm sure we will. It'll sound lovely.
0: thank you well i'll i'll leave you to the pleasures of uh, joseph smith and ian atkins in the production office there right (laughs) i don't know quite what that means
2: (laughs) (laughs) yes that's no pressure on them then (laughs) i think they're a bit busy probably (laughs) yes they are heads down on the laptops they
0: say they've got a couple of scripts for you to take apparently yes
2: this will be actually the next pathfinder script so so yes ready for me to go into studio so yeah
0: lovely all right, well, good to chat to you. Good, thank you. And I'll take care. Take care, speak to you soon. Bye bye. And it's time now for my random selection of a production from the vast Big Finish archive. And it's random because this morning I was just listening to an upcoming rather brilliant Torchwood release entitled Zone 10. There's a lot of snow in it, which led Torchwood producer James Goss and Big Finish line producer David Richardson and I to have a little email chat about snowy footsteps. That's the kind of thing we talk about. And that reminded me of the second instalment of the second series of Sarah Jane Smith, not to be confused with the TV series, The Sarah Jane Adventures. Snowblind was the title. I confess I'm in it. Yes, 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 me, 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 me. But anyway, it's by David Bishop, produced and directed by John Ainsworth. Quite appropriate since we were chatting earlier about this episode too. Uh with sound design and music by Steve Foxon supplying those snowy footsteps. It is such great fun to work with Liz Slayton. Great, great memories. Um yes, some of them mentioned earlier with John Ainsworth.
1: Sarah, you've only met this Will Sullivan once, and now you're travelling halfway around the world to visit him. I'm going to see how Munro and his team are spending Aunt Lavinia's money. Visiting Will while I'm there is a happy coincidence, that's all. Nikita Base, this is Echo Romeo 79er out of McMurdo. How's your weather? Over.
2: Good landing conditions at present, but be advised, the situation is deteriorating.
1: Jack's coming into land. He's bringing two visitors with him.
0: One is Sarah Jane Smith, who helped sponsor this study. Why didn't you mention they were coming earlier? I wish you hadn't come, Sarah.
1: What? You invited me, remember?
0: Yes, but you couldn't have picked a worse time to arrive. Munro took a swing at me. I think he's cracking up. He's been getting increasingly paranoid since the others left. doubt sullivan told you how he got that black eye
1: well to be fair it took some coaxing
0: i'm sorry i hit him he's not the real troublemaker it's that woman Morgan? A few holes in the ground don't get people excited.
1: What we found beneath the ice, that could change the world. What is your problem? Problem? Why should I have a problem? You've been giving me grief since we first met. You're jealous, aren't you? You and Morgana, this stupid. No, of Stara and me. I don't know what you're talking about.
2: Look, if you're trying to frighten me, you're doing a
1: pretty good job. Make this thing go any faster. I'm trying. Say that again. Watch. Try harder. Hello. Is someone there? Josh. Will?
0: The others have gone. on earth. It's just you and me now,
2: Sarah. Whatever you do, don't come to Antarctica. It isn't safe for you here, Sarah.
0: do love saying that actually it's just you and me now sarah (laughs) right then let us go forward yes forward yeah time to think back to all the great times we had with paul sprague i'm obliged to regular big finish listener david Steele. Presumably not to be confused with the former Liberal Party leader. Uh, but you've never heard that before, David. For his prompting of some great memories. Hi, Nick. I'd like to nominate a few moments from the podcast from September the 12th, 2013. The opening is hilarious, as is the chat about Paul's new chair. <laughs> and the cover of the things you need to breathe still gives a chuckle. Mm-hmm. In fact, the whole 12 minutes is a joy. I'm glad you're doing these little celebrations. I've said this before, but even though I never met Paul, I felt I knew him through his replies to my customer service emails and from his reading my letters out on the podcast. Oh, yes, David, we remember. It made me feel involved, part of the Big Finish family. And I think that's why losing him hurts so much, because Big Finish is a family. That's true. Anyway, keep up the work. Thanks for this, David. Your wish is our command. And here's the news story associated with this podcast. And the reason I'm reading it is because it was written by Paul himself. Executive producer Nick Briggs and executive plaything Paul Sprague return to talk about, well, colds and chairs, apparently. There may be other stuff like competition winners, but don't put money on it. Nick's got a cold, Paul's got a chair, and they're keen to talk about both in the latest podcast. If you can manage to wade through that particular conversational cul-de-sac, there's also the chance to learn who has won our most recent competition. Uh... All to the accompaniment of everyone's favourite music. There's a heartfelt moment, news of what Nick's been up to today, and information about what's coming up in future podcasts. Why not download or stream it this minute? And if you've got questions or comments for the chats, please send them to podcast at bigfinish.com. Lovely bit of writing by Paul, he was brilliant. I've I've got a chair. I've got a new chair. I just I just want to. I'm make playing that. the competition music. I am d- not, care. I I'm want not to talk playing the chair. chair music. I, I, I don't even got... think there is chair music. Let me find some chair music <laughs> for you. Hold on. Let's see. Oh no, that's that's definitely not chair music. I've just <laughs> I just pressed the wrong button. That's very good. How about some chair? Here's some chair music. Yeah, I I think you could whiz around the office to this. Yeah. Yeah. That's more like what they used to play when Stingray was about to launch, isn't it? <laughs> We're about to launch Stingray. <laughs> anyway, yes, sorry. No, that was, that was uh, never, very loud. never mind the competition then. Yeah. Uh, all my cold. Tell yeah. us more about your chair. Paul. I've, I've, I've had a, a terrible chair for a while that's been slowly falling to pieces, and I've finally got a new chair. Wow. And it's, it's an actual proper chair that spins round and can like move across floors and everything. I can, you know, now do my Davros impression and everything. It's brilliant. Wow. Not I th- with the voice, obviously. Well, that was blooming fascinating. Yeah, I know. Let's talk more about your cold. <laughs> <sighs> well, I, uh, Clearly, that's the big win of this podcast, talking about your cold. How gooey are you on a scale of uh, to <laughs> I'm, I'm Today, I'm going to uh, go and have some prosthetics fitted to my face for uh, an internet exciting thing i'm doing called the infinite or infinite so on a day when you're incapable of breathing correctly you're going to get someone to cover the things that you use to breathe this will go well cover the things i used to breathe that's a really weird way of putting things um (laughs) anyway look competition more spragtastic moments in the next podcast send in your recommendations to podcast at bigfinish.com and if you're searching for those memories why not select the podcast tab at the top of the homepage at bigfinish.com and have a listen through it's free what more can i say right now just before i tell you what's coming up in the next podcast a quick whiz through reminder of some of the latest big finish releases out now the free first episode of doctor who main range release the peterloo massacre by paul mars a very dark purely historical story starring peter davison as the doctor also out now Doom Coalition 2 starring Paul McGann with Nicola Walker, Hattie Morahan and special guest star Alex Kingston as guess who no spoilers sweetie. Another thoroughly recommended release out now is Torchwood: The Victorian Age with Captain Jack and Queen Victoria herself. Written by acclaimed author A.K. Benedict. This fantastic romp is already getting great reviews. Quite right too. I love it. Also, also out now, Pathfinder Legends, Mummy's Mask, Secrets of the Sphinx. Role-playing fantasy games brought to dramatic life in really great audio drama. (laughs) Due for release soon. Not for the young or easily shocked. Call Me Jax, actress Jacqueline Pierce, possibly best known as Servalan from Blake Seven, and more recently stupendous as Olistra in our War Doctor series, shocks the pants off me, not quite literally, in an open and frank interview where she tells me all about her life, loves, and with just everything. How much do you think childhood has a fundamental influence on one's life total yeah um i was reading something
1: recently in a wonderful magazine called the week if you don't read it i suggest you do and some wise person had said we spend the second half of our lives getting over the first half and i think there's mm. a lot of truth in that
0: When does the second half starts
1: i wonder when it does i
0: suppose on one hits 40 Goodness.
1: Uh, yes. On oh, that
0: sobering thought. Let's go. Now, what sort of... child? Char- is a very leading question, I know. What sort of childhood did you have? Um, well, I wouldn't want to go through it again if I put it that way. Does
1: it give you some idea? Uh, yeah. Yes. Um, you want details? Yes, please. Since we're here. Since we're here. Um, well, my mother left when I was 16 months old. So that obviously had a huge impact on my life because I think it's probably the greatest rejection um, a child can have. She didn't want me, so she left me with my father. And then I I lived with my father, but also with a foster family who had their own child when I was three years old. And obviously my foster mother favoured her own child. So it was difficult because not only was I missing out, but I could see what I was missing.
0: Probably worth mentioning that there are quite a few laughs along the way, but yes, some uh, grim and very moving stories in that release. Washington Burns is our latest Doctor Who short trips release read by Sophie Aldred and written by Julian Richards. It's the chilling tale of a threat from the written word itself.
1: Ace hadn't meant to shoot the horse, although it had the desired effect. She quietly cursed herself as she pulled the rifle away from the window and ran back through the townhouse, the small group of militiamen that she'd gathered following her. The shot should have gone wide, but one of the militiamen had
2: jostled her, the rifle had slipped, and Ace had shot the horse. She didn't have time to mourn it now, though. She needed to get everyone out of the house before the British burned it down,
0: and the full release of the Peterloo Massacre is also on its way this month, by the way. And then, of course, not to be missed is Tom Baker and Lalla Ward in Johnny Morris's "The Paradox Planet," the fourth Doctor back on distinctly Douglas Adams-style 4. So that's it. That's it. In the next podcast, I'll be having a rather fascinating chat with Blake's Seven producer Cavan Scott. Loads of exciting stuff coming up there. And Cavs even bought himself a new microphone. So he's sounding blooming great. What a guy. (laughs) That's all from me. Don't forget, our competition to win our upcoming Master Trilogy is still running. Right up until the end of April. All you have to do is work out who my personal favourite Master is. I'm sure I've said it at some point and you'll find it somewhere... And email your answer to podcast at bigfinish.com. Then you'll be in with a chance to win the Doctor Who Main Range Master Trilogy. If you don't know what the titles are, look them up at bigfinish.com. Bye for now. Until next time.
2: So unfortunately